Christian Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. A super Super Bowl. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. While Philadelphia Eagles fans might not feel that way, last night's 57th Super Bowl was long on excitement. Butker up. Harrison Butker's game-winning field goal with seconds left propelled Kansas City to a 38-35 win. It was an amazing game, but I'm glad that we came out on top. MVP QB Patrick Mahomes. I thought it was two best football teams in the league playing against each other, and uh, we made enough plays at the end of the game. Of course, a bitter pill for Eagles fans to swallow, especially since their team lost a 10-point lead. We just messed up one time, and it caused us the game. That was not defensive holding. Go Birds, go Birds. We tried our best. Eagles head coach and Jamestown, New York native Nick Sirianni says it was tough coming that close. Two years old, I said to our guys, some of you guys have been dreaming about this since you've been two. Some of you have been since you've been in peewee football. Some of you since high school, um, college, or even when you got to the pro. But we've all been dreaming of it. While Buffalo Bills fans would have loved to see their team on the field last night, at least one member of the team did make it there. Safety Demar Hamlin recognized prior to kickoff, along with the first responders who saved his life after his heart stopped during a game in Cincinnati. In a Fox interview, Hamlin said that physically he feels good. Emotionally, I'm still working through things. I'm still trying to process all the emotions and, the, and the, the trauma that comes from, you know, dealing with a situation like that and not really having people around or, you know, like no one in my immediate circle who's dealt with something like that. As for whether he thinks he'll play football again. Eventually, you know, that's, that's always the goal, but uh, I'm allowing that to be in God's hands. The Super Bowl TV ads sometimes seem to get almost as much attention as the game itself. And for Christians, a pair of spots were particularly eye-catching. The He Gets Us campaign had a pair of spots mixed in with the beer brands and the car ads. Kansas-based Servant Foundation, supported by Hobby Lobby and many others, bankrolled that. Campaign spokesman Jason Vanderground. He Gets Us is is focused on, on what we refer to as spiritually open skeptics. We're offering the brand up in a very respectful way to everybody that sees the game. Some in the Christian community have criticized those ads for stressing Jesus' humanity, but not his divinity. Elsewhere this day, a busy weekend in the skies over North America as three more as-yet-unidentified objects were blown out of the sky by U.S. fighter jets. Friday over Alaska, Saturday over the Canadian Yukon, Sunday over Lake Huron. Alaska Senator Dan Sullivan. Boy, what an unprecedented weekend. The real key right now, in my view, is surge operations to recover these objects that we've shot down so we understand understand the nature of the threat. National security expert Stephanie Carvin. All the objects appear to be somewhat different. It's not clear why that is. Are they from the same source? And have we never really caught any of these before? Because frankly, we weren't looking. Retired General Jack Keane tells Fox News it's high time the administration be more forthcoming. I get it. We don't have all the answers. We may have had some miscalculations and judgment calls that we would do things differently. Well, let's get on the air and tell the American people that if that's what we've learned out of this. They're adults. They can handle this kind of information. They can handle the fact that we don't have all the answers. China today accused the U.S. of flying balloons over its territory. The number of confirmed deaths in the Turkey-Syria earthquake has climbed to about 33,000. Correspondent MTS Tayeb spoke with one Turkish man digging through the rubble of his home for family members who are almost certainly dead. A 
we have find our grandmother here yesterday, but we cannot find our grandfather. Incredibly, survivors have to pay out of their own pockets to run and fuel these diggers. You will not stop until you find your grandfather. Yeah, of course. We'll dig with our hands. Turkish authorities have begun arresting contractors for shoddy building practices believed to have contributed to that high mortality rate. Taxpayers in New York, Pennsylvania, and 19 other states who got COVID relief payments breathing a sigh of relief. In its newest guidance, the IRS now says it will not challenge the taxability of relief payments related to general welfare and disaster. That means taxpayers who receive those checks can breathe a sigh of relief because they won't have to pay federal taxes on those direct payments. The guidance comes one week after the IRS told payment recipients to delay filing their taxes. Those special payments were made by 21 states in tax filing year 2022. Lindy Kenyon, CBS News, Washington. Some health news now. New research finds that teens who head to emergency rooms during a mental health crisis often leave without what they truly needed. Without proper follow-up care, a child or teen sent to an emergency department with a severe mental health issue is far more likely to relapse or remain in crisis. Now, a study in the journal Pediatrics finds only about half of such kids on Medicaid are seen within 30 days. Fewer than a third are seen within seven days. CBS's Vicki Barker. Still to come on the Noon Report, New York's health care facility mask mandates end, but there's a catch. A well-known PA employer shifting some operations to China and the sweet side to a mild winter. Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams calling for some mild weather for the next several days. I'll put numbers to the forecast coming up shortly. We'll see you in 10 minutes. All right. Banking on it there, Kevin Williams. Now checking the stories, making news where you live in New York and Pennsylvania. Family Life's Brandon Dixon says the face covering requirement in New York State healthcare facilities has officially ended. On Sunday, the face mask mandate in the Empire State's hospitals and doctor's offices ended after nearly three years. However, not every medical facility has ended the policy, and the State Department of Health is advising healthcare centers to follow CDC guidelines to control infectious diseases like COVID-19 and implement their own plan based on transmission levels. So check with your local healthcare facility before visiting. Brandon Dixon, Family Life News. Thanks, Brandon. There are new reports on the circumstances behind the cancellation of the remaining wrestling season at Starpoint High School in Western New York. Late last week, parents of the Starpoint wrestlers filed an unsuccessful court petition seeking to allow their kids to wrestle in a Section 6 tournament this weekend. That petition shed new light on the situation. It involves one or more roughhousing incidents at team practices, one of which prompted one team member to become so upset and leave practice he texted his mother to come pick him up. That sectional tournament, originally set to be hosted by Starpoint, went on this weekend in North Tonawanda. Wrestlers there told WGRZ they think the district's decision to cancel the rest of Starpoint season was too harsh. I don't think that the whole team should be punished for one or two kids' mistakes. I don't think it's fair to the whole team. I mean, a couple of the kids, maybe I can understand. But as a team as a whole, they would have had so many state champs. And the seniors, they didn't deserve it. In the most recent Division I rankings, the Starpoint team was number two in the state.
Buffalo police are looking into a triple shooting at a downtown nightclub. The Buffalo Police Department reports three people were shot inside Club Marcella early yesterday morning. The incident, believed to have stemmed from an argument, happened just after 2.30 a.m. A 21-year-old man was pronounced dead at the scene. Two others were injured. They were both hospitalized and are reportedly in stable condition. It's the second shooting in the past two weeks at the club. A security guard was shot late last month in the parking lot. D. Haley, Family Life News. Thanks, D. The Buffalo Tops mass shooter expected to apologize at his sentencing on Wednesday. Peyton Gendron killed 10 black people and injured three more during a racist rampage in May. Mark Talley, whose mother Geraldine Talley was killed in that shooting, tells News 4 he's skeptical of that apology. So it could be the weight of that is finally getting due to his subconscious or it just could be a show. John Elmore is an attorney who represents three of the victims' families. No apology can really take away the pain that the victim's families are feeling. Gendron will be sentenced in the state case against him on Wednesday, which is expected to be life in prison without the possibility of parole. A prominent Rochester civil rights champion laid to rest over the weekend. More than 100 mourners gathered at Rochester's Riverside Convention Center to pay tribute to the Reverend Franklin Florence. On the Super Bowl weekend gathering, family friend Dr. Jerry Taylor drew a sports analogy for those in attendance, urging them to carry on his mission. If you are alive today, it means that you were born into the world to be a part of the dream team that has made it into the Super Bowl of life. Now that we are here, everyone has to play their assigned positions prayerfully and carefully. Now Pennsylvania news. ShopVac, one of Williamsport's more recognizable manufacturing names, is planning to shift a lot of its operations out of the area. After 40 years, parent company Great Star Tools USA, which bought the company in 2021, plans to ship much of the manufacturing operation to China. Williamsport Lycoming Chamber of Commerce CEO Jason Fink tells WS. ShopVac is uh, in a position where they are going to be reducing their employment size uh, due to uh, the economy right now. Williamsport resident Bernard Brown. I've used ShopVac my whole life. I even worked there at one time. And I think it's a big loss for this area. Julie Keller, who lives by the ShopVac warehouse, says it's going to be tough on some of those remaining employees. People that have worked there for 30 plus years and they're not at retirement age yet, but they're to the age to where maybe they're not going to be able to really easily start over. Job cuts are expected to begin in late April, though the total number of layoffs isn't clear yet. About 96,000 people in Pennsylvania could be affected by a data breach at Highmark Incorporated. Officials with the health insurers say they've notified members of the security exposure that happened in mid-December. The company says that the breach came after an employee clicked on an email phishing link and unwittingly allowed someone outside the company to gain access to the files. Information potentially exposed to the hackers included names, claim numbers, dates of service, procedures, prescription data, and social security numbers. Communities across the Commonwealth coming together to help victims of the massive earthquake that struck Turkey and Syria. This volunteer tells ABC 27 he has a connection to the area, making the mission all that much more personal. Coming out and donating our time and our goods, it's very humbling to see that, and it makes me grateful to be part of this community and grateful to God that we have this community. A donation drive was held Sunday in Mechanicsburg, where thousands of items, everything from clothing and blankets to tents, were collected. Yeah,
The weekend got off to a bright start for those with special needs at Lives Changed by Christ Church in Dixon City, Pennsylvania, one of many churches across America that hosted a Night to Shine. The annual event, sponsored by the Tim Tebow Foundation, gives a prom-like experience to young men and women who might otherwise never get to enjoy one. Pastor Steve Brown. First, they're going to be announced as the king or the queen of the prom. They're going to be crowned. Then they're able to have their shoe shine or makeup done, hair and makeup. Then they can go for a limo ride where we're able to just let every single king and queen know that they are loved by God and we can celebrate them together. Attendee Sean Shedlock had a blast. They have limo rides and, and they, they, they have dancing and I'm so excited. It was the first in-person night to shine since the pandemic ended. While skiers and snowmobilers might not like it, one sweet side effect of our relatively mild winter thus far is an early start to maple syrup season. Douglas Fay co-owns Fay's Maple Products in Bradford County, PA. He tells WETM the warm temps have pushed up the annual early spring right. We start when Mother Nature tells us to, and she's saying right now we need to start early. Usually it's about an 8 to 10-week season. Usually those 10 weeks are mid February through the end of March, maybe early April. Uh, I think it's starting now in January through the end of March. The annual two-day all-you-can-eat pancake breakfast at Faye's Farm in Columbia Crossroads is a popular destination and also raises money for local community organizations through the Lions Club. This year's Pancake Days event set for March 25th and 26th. And speaking of sweet, if you have a sweetheart you want to honor with flowers for Valentine's Day, your time's running out, of course. Dennis Baker of Bloomer's Flowers says he sees people who plan far ahead and others who scramble at the last minute. There are always those folks that are... That have- ordered already for Valentine's Day two or three weeks ahead of time. Uh, But we will get uh, perhaps uh, anywhere from 25 to 30 customers right at the final hour of the day wanting flowers. The Corey P.A. Flores tells Family Life that last year's supply issues aren't affecting his business this year, and he's been able to keep prices on roses steady despite inflation. State College florist Daniel Vaughn says red roses aren't the only option for February 14th anymore. We've seen a lot more interest in other types of blooms, especially with the influx of product from the uh, European market, where we get beautiful lilies and tulips and hyacinths and all kinds of things that we normally, say 25, 30 years ago, were not able to have at this time of year. Here we now have. Across his 47-year floral career, Vaughn says many men are doing better these days at ordering in advance. Well, it was a syrupy sweet Super Bowl if you were wearing red and gold. Here's Randy with the Check of Sports. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Mark, the Kansas City Chiefs are your NFL champions as they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35 in Super Bowl 57. KC erased a 24-14 halftime deficit as Harrison Butker booted a 24-yard field goal with eight seconds to play. Patrick Mahomes threw for 182 yards and three touchdowns and was named the game's MVP. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts threw for 304 yards and a touchdown, and he tied a Super Bowl record rushing for three touchdowns. But Hertz also committed a huge turnover. He just dropped the ball on a run, and Nick Bolton picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. At the time, the Eagles were up 14-7 and driving toward another score. That play could very well have cost Philadelphia the championship. The Eagles have also lost their offensive coordinator, Shane Stryken. 
He is now the new head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. On the ice in Philadelphia, the Flyers dropped a 4-3 decision to Seattle. Owen Tippett, James Van Riemsdyk, and Patrick Brown all scored in defeat. Montreal, San Jose, Vegas, your other winners on the ice. On the hardwood, the Boston Celtics continue to be the best in the NBA. The Seas began the fourth quarter last night with a one-point lead and outscored Memphis 37-28 to win it, 119-109. Eight Celtics were in double figures. Boston now 41-16 on the season. The only other game on the hardwood saw Toronto edge Detroit 119-118. Fred Van Vliet scored 35 for the Raptors. That is a look at sports. All right, thank you, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, we'll recap some of the top stories, including Super Bowl 57 and the latest on those mysterious objects over North American skies. And our Greg Gillespie will have a special report on the fentanyl crisis. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. The decision last Thursday by the Church of England to now bless civil marriages and partnerships of same-sex couples made precisely no one happy. For those hoping the Synod would amend official church teaching, the measure fell short of legitimizing so-called gay marriage and the church. Advocates of historic church teaching and biblical morality see the move as only the latest in the wrong direction taken by the Church of England and another indictment of church leadership. In response, the Most Reverend Dr. Foley Beach, Archbishop of the Anglican Church in North America and Chair of the GAFCON Primates Council, bluntly described what this move by the Church of England means. Quote, The decision taken yesterday by the General Synod of the Church of England and the explanations given are clear indications that the Church of England is moving a step at a time to fully accept the practice of homosexuality as part of the life and practice of the English Church. Have the scriptures been clear on human sexuality through the centuries? Yes, they have. Majority of Anglicans around the world have concluded the same. And yet, now the Church of England has authorized the blessing of sin and declared that sin is no longer sin. You see, whenever a church, a Christian leader, a denomination, or pastor shifts on the issues of sexuality, gender, or marriage, an excuse is given, an excuse that masquerades as an argument, that somehow traditional morality is keeping people away from God. What's missed in this claim is not only what God has clearly stated through Scripture about sexual morality and created norms, but who he has revealed himself to be in Christ Jesus. Simply put, this move by the Church of England will be branded as being more welcoming, but in reality, it further alienates people from finding God. That was the main point of a speech given by Benjamin John, one of the faithful followers of Jesus in the Church of England. Here is Ben John. What our world needs, whether they know it or not, is the gospel. They need the Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't we all? The Jesus who washes, sanctifies, and justifies us. The hope, the gospel for all of us, whatever our struggles and sins and temptations, is that in Christ we are forgiven and that our sins and desires no longer define us. These proposals are wrong. They say that Jesus doesn't wash and sanctify you, that you do not need to take up your cross and follow him, that there is no call to holiness, that the truth does not set you free. But love rejoices in the truth. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Love calls people out of sin and to Christ. 
snatching them out of the fire with discipline so that their spirits might be saved. Please, bishops, I plead with you, withdraw the proposals and prayers. Turn from this path that you are on. Fear God, not man. Be the shepherds that God is calling you to be. It's not too late. Turn to the beautiful, wonderful, glorious gospel. Why make ourselves like the world when we have the one thing that the world needs? The gospel of Jesus Christ, where we receive our true identities as precious daughters and treasured sons of God. Amen. Amen, indeed. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to help you live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to breakpoint.org. Would you like to know what the Bible says about religious liberty? This month, Breakpoint is offering the free resource, Five Questions on Religious Liberty. It answers key questions in our cultural moment. Visit colsoncenter.org slash radio for your free PDF. That's colsoncenter.org slash radio. All right, let's check in with meteorologist Kevin Williams. Here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast for this afternoon. Some sunshine with high temperatures, mild in the 40s to near 50. Tonight, clouds will gather, the breeze will freshen. There'll be a couple of evening sprinkles for some, a few late night flurries. And across parts of central New York, there could be a dusting come morning. Low temps, mid-20s to mid-30s. Tomorrow, though, skies will clear out for some sunshine, high temps, 40s to near 50. And warmer on Wednesday, variable cloudiness, a sprinkle or two, and high temperatures with a breeze close to 60 degrees. Sounds good, Kevin. Thank you very much. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. Thank you again for joining us. Recapping some of our top stories this Monday. The parade is Wednesday in KC after the Chiefs' 38-35 squeaker over the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57 last night. KC quarterback and Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes jumping for joy, sore ankle and all. I told you all before the season, we got, we got Coach Andy Reid, we got guys like Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. We're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. At the end of the day, we're going to be the Kansas Eagles fans may already be looking forward to a planned rematch between those two teams next season. The exact date and time of the Eagles-Chiefs game will be determined when the full 2023 NFL schedule is released. A lot of lawmakers in Washington are waiting for answers from the Biden administration over those mysterious objects that seem to suddenly be popping up in U.S. and Canadian airspace. Three more shot down Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Kentucky Republican James Comer says mistrust of the administration about America's security is growing. He is to secure the southern border. Now they're beginning to get concerned that he can't secure our airspace. So uh, this is a time when you need leadership from the White House and the president should come forward and explain to the American people exactly what's going on. Retired General Jack Keane tells Fox News he thinks Washington has learned some things from these incidents. For example, I don't think for a minute that we would ever permit a Chinese spy balloon to fly across America again. We would shoot it down before it gets into America's airspace. Apprehensions of Chinese citizens crossing the southern border illegally are up more than 800 percent compared with last year. Congressman Henry Cuellar says that's because most of them qualify for asylum. Chinese, when they ask for asylum, about 53 percent of them will be granted. That's compared to just a small percentage of Central and South Americans who qualify. The death toll from last week's earthquake in Turkey and Syria has surpassed 34,000. Correspondent MTS Tayeb says it's a grim scene. I'm standing by the side of a road and all you can see is planks of wood which mark graves and there are graves as far as the eye can see and diggers digging more and more graves. 
Back in the USA now, new research says black mothers are twice as likely to die after childbirth as white moms. And the stats are also grim for their babies. Previous studies have repeatedly shown black mothers and their babies have the worst childbirth outcomes in the country. But this study is different because it shows the risks of childbirth by race occurs regardless of socioeconomic status. CBS's Linda Canyon. Prosecutors expected to ask a jury today to authorize the death penalty against the man responsible for the deadly 2017 bike path terror attack in New York City. Saifulo Saipov was convicted of running over and killing eight people as he drove a rental truck down a bike path. Prosecutors must get all 12 jurors to agree on the death penalty in order for him to be executed. It would be New York's first de- it would be New York's first execution in over 60 years. This week will bring a lot for investors to digest. To kick things off, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York set to release both one- and five-year inflation expectations today. The Consumer Price Index comes out the following day, with analysts predicting the prices of goods and services likely rose last month. And President Biden has a doctor's appointment coming up. He's scheduled for his annual physical on Thursday. The 80-year-old commander-in-chief will be checked out at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. You're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. Family Life Radio brings you a timely, special feature about the fentanyl crisis in our area and in America. I'm Greg Gillespie. News from the Drug Enforcement Agency just recently out says just counting the fentanyl that has been confiscated by law enforcement, there are enough doses of that to kill every American, every American of every age. And that doesn't include the fentanyl that's snuck through without being apprehended yet. To get an answer on what is happening and what we can do next, we turn to our guest, Dr. David Stream, who is the medical director of a drug and alcohol treatment center operated by the Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Stream, welcome to Family Life. We want to talk about how this is affecting a number of different audiences, but let's first of all talk about the families that are affected by fentanyl and what families can do to prevent problems with their young people. For parents, I tell them that they really should be honest with teens about any family history of substance use problems that the teens should be aware of. If there's drug problems in the family, then the teens are going to be more at risk because about 60% uh, of the variance in who develops a substance use problem versus who doesn't is genetic. So there's a big genetic component to this. Now, I've seen some staggering numbers about how this is 50 and 100 times more dangerous than other drugs that have caused fatalities and caused addictions. Are we talking with fentanyl about a small amount like the powder that's in, uh, say, a packet of sugar, you know, the restaurant sugars? Is, is that enough to be incredibly dangerous to someone? Yeah, much less than a packet of sugar, amazingly enough. Would you zoom out and talk with us about what is happening in the society and what the society needs to know about fentanyl and other opioids? Well, as far as society goes, I I think we have to get away from the concept that only zero pain is acceptable and that only opiates are the solution. Uh, there was also a generation of television of television interest in people doing very dangerous things like extreme sports, the series which involved watching people get hurt doing pointless stunts. Young people did model that 
you know, in their own homes and neighborhoods, and then many got hurt and didn't recover fully. So those are quite literally self-inflicted, unforced societal problems that can affect people the whole rest of their lives. How is the overall medical community responding to the opioid crisis and fentanyl? For the hospitals uh, and the medical community, many academic hospitals are studying and innovating how to perform surgeries and treat chronic and acute pain while using less opiates. So through a mix of education, decision support, and creating new procedural standards, at the Cleveland Clinic, we've reduced our use of opiates per patient encounter by over 30% in the last several years. Dr. David Stream is our guest. Let me ask about what's happening for those of you on the front lines of treating folks who have become addicted to fentanyl, who have suffered an overdose, and it doesn't take much. Uh, what, what, what's it like to be a doctor in this crisis? Well, stigma is still a problem in healthcare, and many medical professionals, nurses, and administrators want to imagine that these problems don't exist in their offices or hospitals. And I think you combine that with three years of the pandemic, and no one should be surprised at how depleted the healthcare workforce is. Uh, I've been a physician for 25 years, um, and I've often felt surrounded by death. It's part of the work, so you have to have time for death as well as life. But the last several years have challenged even the best of us. From the Cleveland Clinic, Dr. David Stream joins us. We're so thankful for your time and your insights and expertise. Dr. David Stream is medical director of the Lutheran Hospital Drug and Alcohol Treatment Center operated by the Cleveland Clinic. You can hear more about this topic on our news podcast page. I'm Greg Gillespie on Family Life. Thank you, Greg. You can listen to any of our news features online anytime at familylife.org. Just ahead, guess what caused chaos at a Georgia college library? Well, not so much what, but who? Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. It's the middle of February, but it's going to feel more like the middle of March uh, today, maybe the middle of April, come midweek as a mild pattern continues. No big ticket winter items are in sight for this afternoon. Some sunshine with high temperatures, mild in the 40s to near 50. Tonight, clouds will gather, the breeze will freshen. There'll be a couple of evening sprinkles for some, a few late night flurries. And across parts of central New York, there could be a dusting come morning. Low temps, mid-20s to mid-30s. Tomorrow, though, skies will clear out for some sunshine, high temps. 40s near 50 and warmer on Wednesday. Variable cloudiness, a sprinkle or two, and high temperatures with a breeze close to 60 degrees. Thank you, Kevin. Finally at noon, the library at Agnes Scott College in Georgia recently closed for days when a nest-hunting owl swooped down the chimney and took up residence. Junior Natalie Sauter apparently doesn't get outside a lot. I turned around, and this owl's looking at me, and I'm looking at the owl, and the owl's looking at my friend, and I, like, freak out. My soul felt like it, like, lifted out of my body because I've never been that close to a bird. At first, it was a hoot for students. Someone had called it Owlgate mm-hmm. and thought it was really funny. Yeah, well, funnier was the nickname some wise guy gave their flighty guest. 
Edgar Allan Poe. But the novelty wore off, the owl made a non-fictional mess, and it was time to summon falconer Stuart Farron. It takes a little while because the owls are not hungry. You know, they're hunters and they've got plenty of food in them right now. We try every scenario we can and try to pull a MacGyver out of our hat and get her done. And perched atop a 50-foot hydraulic lift, he got her done, snagged Edgar in a net and gave her a long overdue exit back to nature, hopefully wiser for the experience. And that's the world we live in for Monday. February 13th, 2023. As always, thanks for listening. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.